Shaq, let's just say that a uh, snake bit your mom right up here, right in the chest area. Would you be willing to suck the venom out to win the title? No, but I will with your wife. Hello and welcome to the Pick and Roll Podcast. I'm Bill Golden. Alongside me, as always, is Kevin McLernan. Kev, we just saw the, the results from the final college football playoff voting. Uh, I guess, where do you want to start with this thing? Thank you, thank you, thank you, college football committee. That's all I got to say. Ohio State is out, and uh, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a lot of debate. Obviously, it doesn't matter at this point, but I think a lot of fans uh, are going to go back and forth with this thing. To me, I thought it was very clear, not only resume-wise, but who the four best teams in the country were. I think the top six is 100% right, and I don't think there's... Um, I'm surprised a little bit that they didn't put USC in the top six, but I think that top six is correct as well. See, what you said there, though, I have a problem with when you say that the best teams, and to me, it's it's not about finding the four best teams or the six best teams. It's it's finding the teams that have, have done the most throughout the year. I, I don't care if they... If a team if you think they're in the top four best teams, but they don't get in because they didn't perform that well. I mean, if, if they didn't perform that well and they're one of the best teams, they don't deserve to get in, in my opinion. No, I, I totally agree with that. I didn't mean to suggest otherwise. I was just saying that um, luckily the way that it turned out, we, I think we ended up with the four best teams, but I agree with you. That's not how the system should work. If a team is really good, uh, but loses a couple games that they shouldn't and they, they shouldn't get in, I totally agree with that. Um, I just think that we lucked out and got the four best teams. The thing to me, though, is I don't agree with the way the rankings were set up coming into this thing. And again, it's just the way they do this voting, and I thought it might change with the, the playoff committee, and it clearly hasn't. It, once again, in college football, it's not about who you lose to. It's about when you lose, and I just think that's ridiculous. So what specifically coming in did you have a problem with? Well, you have Clemson as the number one team in the country. This, this is a team that lost to Syracuse, a team in Syracuse that didn't win a single game the rest of the season. Oklahoma's loss was better than that. Uh, Georgia's loss was better than that. Alabama's loss was better than that. Uh, I just I don't understand how they're number one with it, when you have those four one-loss teams, and that's the loss they have. And frankly, I think the ACC was extremely overrated this year. I don't think it was uh, in the top two best conferences. And they're being the champion of that conference. I, I just don't, I don't see how they're... Maybe not even the top three. I mean, the Big 12 was really good this year also. And if you look at the final rankings, Oklahoma has the best win. I mean, they won at Ohio State, the the team that finished five in the rankings. I mean, I I wouldn't argue Oklahoma being number one, if that's what you're implying. What I'm I'm really saying is, I mean, (laughs) this is my thought process. I'm thinking, wait a minute. If Alabama plays Auburn in week three and loses to Auburn in week three, I will guarantee... Any amount of money you want, that Alabama would be number one in this poll this week. 
No, they would not be number one. They would have been number one coming in. They might have got jumped by a conference champion, but I think 100% they would have been number one before the conference championships were played. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, because they definitely wouldn't have finished number one without a conference championship. Right, right. They, they would have got jumped, which is fine. But I just, that's, that's what bothers me about this thing. They end up in a, in a debate with Ohio State, and the only reason we're even having that debate is because they were at number five the week before, only because they lost on the road at Auburn, who is ranked number two in the country, um, and it was in the last week of the season. Like I said, they lose week three. They're number one. There is no conversation. Now, they might get jumped by somebody, but they're 100% in, and they should have been. There's, that's, that's what bothers me about the system is that there shouldn't have been a conversation between Alabama and Ohio State to begin with. And, and you watched the, the show, right, when they announced it? It was hilarious how they were trying to add USC into the conversation like they even had a chance. Yeah, I, I thought USC might get in uh, to the sixth spot over Wisconsin, uh, but Wisconsin did play really well in that Big Ten championship game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess USC might end up at seven, but yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just ridiculous. No, no they're not. Auburn's at seven. Really? They, they let that slip in the show. Auburn was number seven. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't see that. That's surprising. I mean, Auburn, yeah. Auburn, listen, Auburn had a great season. They won over Georgia and over Alabama, but they, they now have three losses, right? Yeah, three losses. They lost to um, Clemson, Georgia, and LSU. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Clemson loss is a good loss. The Georgia loss is a good loss. But and, and they have two amazing wins over Georgia and Alabama, both playoff teams. But three losses is, is a lot on the, on the year. I mean, I don't know. And it was ha- how they lost, too. I mean, that, the SEC championship game wasn't that competitive. No, it really wasn't. I mean, it was close, I guess, in the first half. But they, the thing is, sometimes the score doesn't really tell you the whole story. And they did get really destroyed in the second half. But they just they looked awful from start to finish. I mean, the score was kind of close, but they weren't really doing anything offensively. Georgia's defense uh, is arguably the best in the country right now, right? I mean, it, and that's, you know, those are the yeah. two teams we really haven't, we've, we've been glancing over in this whole debate. I mean, the best part about this is the matchups we ended up with. You got the best, maybe the best defense in the country versus the best offense of the country, and then the rematch, of course, with Clemson and Bama. Man, I, I honestly don't know how good Oklahoma's offense is. I, I, I know they're good, but that the Big Ten, the Big Twelve defenses are just so pathetic that I, I can't tell how good that Oklahoma offense actually is. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Um, I don't think I don't know what they average. I don't think they're 40, 50 point every week good. Um, but I'm pretty confident to say I mean, that they're one of the best offenses of the country and they have probably the best quarterback in the country in Mayfield. Yeah, I mean he threw for 600 yards against Oklahoma State. I mean that's you you can't do that without being good, but you can't do that without having a bad defense on the other end too. Yeah, well and the other thing too is Oklahoma's defense isn't very good. I mean a lot of the times when Oklahoma makes a quick strike or whatever, they score, they end up giving points back. And sometimes it's also very quick. So Mayfield, I'd love to see the statistic. I bet Mayfield was on the field more than maybe any other quarterback in terms of offensive chances, um, just because of the number of points that their defense let up. You know, I mean, that's really, like you said, the Big 12 is really just a, a track meet of offense. There is no defense, and that goes for Oklahoma also. Yeah, and... Um, I, I think that's going to be a great game. Um, and I, I would, I would say the winner of that game would be the favorite to win the national championship. I, I'm just, I'm not sold on Clemson. I mean, I know they're your favorite team, but, uh, I, I'm not sure how good they are. Well, you, you, you know, you know, I'm not sold on them. Uh, I think that Miami was extremely overrated credit to them for beating Notre Dame. 
Uh, but now I'm starting to question, was Notre Dame really as good as uh, people were saying they were? Uh, and maybe it was just one of those fluky type games. I, I mean, I watched Miami a lot this year, and I didn't think they were... Um, I thought they were okay, not really good team. And uh, Clemson loses to Syracuse. You know, I'm not sold on them either. I think they're solid on both sides of the football. But I agree with you. I think the winner of Oklahoma-Georgia is a favorite. I like Oklahoma in, in that game, actually. Yeah, I mean... It, I think we both think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I mean, maybe maybe Georgia can shut them down, but I'm not sure if Oklahoma's defense can stop Georgia's offense. Um, just just because they haven't seen anything like it. I mean, I mean that defense they give up so many points that it, it just seems like anybody can score a lot of points on them. Yeah, Georgia's offense and that, took a while to get going. That running game's so good. That that yeah, that's what I was going to say. They, that running game really exploded in the second half, and Auburn's defense is not you know, anything to, you know, they're pretty, pretty solid defensively. So, yeah, I think if I had to guess, it'd probably be a shootout. And, you know, I, I got to roll with the, the better quarterback and, and what looks like probably the better offense in that. But that's going to be a great one. And then Alabama Clemson, I'm not saying this just because I'm biased. I, I, I would say looking at all the teams, Alabama looks like from a, a whole team standpoint, like the best team in the country. I, I like them in that game. The only question mark, obviously, would be their offense to me anyway. Yeah, and they have a lot of injuries. Um, they mentioned it 20 times on the, the, the uh, broadcast that the, they have a lot of injuries at the linebacker position. But, I mean, Alabama is just so deep at every position that um, they, they can really plug in. Nah, they can't plug in any guy in any position, but, I mean, they're just so deep and get all those recruits that they, they have a lot of leeway. Who do you like in the game? <sighs> I... I I always picked Bama. I thought Bama was going to really handle them last year, and, and Clemson really came out and took it to them, at, especially at the end of the game. But uh, I think Clemson does win the game. I just hope it's close. The one thing that I think is overlooked, I mean, maybe it's maybe I'm just not reading the right things or, or whatever, but it seems to me like Clemson's defense is not talked about enough. I mean, they're, they were really good last year. They're really good this year. Uh, that's something that I, I think gets overshadowed a lot. Uh, especially last year, I mean, their offense was was really good with Deshaun Watson. He was getting most of the most of the hype. But uh, that's the thing that if I'm Bama, I'm worried about. I'm, I'm confident if I'm Bama that I can slow their offense down. I'm not. I don't think Clemson's offense is that potent. But um, their defense is pretty solid. And like I said, Alabama's offense is just it's not it's not very good. So that's the thing I would worry about is just not being able to score enough. So so here's my question. Obviously, the, the, it came down to Ohio State and. Um, Alabama do you think the committee at all took into account that the Big Ten in its last two years was outscored 38 to nothing and then 31 nothing in the college football playoff um I, I, a lot of people talked about that I'm gonna say no um one thing that I think was not talked about and I I could be totally wrong about this uh, it just seemed to me like if I'm the committee Georgia, when Georgia beats Auburn, we know that Georgia's going to jump over Alabama. Now, when Ohio State yeah. beats Wisconsin, that one's a little harder because they're coming from number eight and they have two losses. But I think the, that it may have been a factor. I could be totally wrong because I know they're supposed to just pick the best teams. But allowing two teams to jump over Bama seems like a, like a stretch. I think Ohio State's chances would have been better if Auburn won the SEC championship game. Um. Really? Because then, the, but then, um, what's it called? Alabama's loss looks better, right? It does, yeah. 
But I mean, how much better? I mean, they lost to Auburn. Auburn was ranked what at the time? Do you remember? Were they ranked two at the Um, time? No, they ranked uh, five or six, I think. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, because they did drop Alabama all the way back to number five after that loss. Uh, I don't don't know. It just seemed to me like a lot to let two teams jump over Alabama versus just one. I'm I'm just, I mean, this would have been the third time that Ohio State, if they got in, it would have been the third time that they questionably got in. Last year, they didn't win their conference. Um, And then, if you remember the year they won the national championship, they jumped Baylor and TCU because they didn't have a conference championship game. Yeah, that was was criminal. But, I mean, they ended up winning. I don't think that that justifies them getting in, though. That's not... To me, that doesn't really matter. It's a fourteen playoff, not a six or eighteen playoff. Speaking of which, do you you like the current system? I mean, there's a lot of talk about is that enough or should we expand to six or maybe even eight? No, I like it, and I, I don't think they'll change because we're talking about it. <laughs> if if we're talking about eight teams, it, it's not as I mean, not everybody's talking about it and debating it as much. If you, you take it out to the more teams, the weird thing is that there's five power, or there's five conferences, uh, power conferences, and there's four teams. So it, it just doesn't make sense logistically right now. Right. Um, I, I think a lot of people also talk about it diluting the regular season. My counter to that would be we've already diluted it. It, it went from every game mattering in terms of if if you lose, you you have a a way less significant chance of getting into that final national championship game one versus two. And we've already diluted that down. I don't think expanding it a little bit more dilutes it uh, much more. I think all the games still matter pretty much the same from four to eight. Uh, you just obviously you let a couple more teams in. The thing is that, that I'm uncomfortable with is that I think the committee is still choosing who gets to play for this thing. I mean, look, Ohio State's really good. Wisconsin's really good. I think either of those teams would have a legitimate shot to win it all. And that's why I'm uncomfortable excluding both of those because those teams, because then we're allowing the committee to choose instead of letting the players play it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, and like you mentioned, uh, I think this is the first year that there's no undefeated team in the playoff, right? Yeah, there's no undefeated team. In the well, no, I mean, I think the it's playoff. the first year though, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... I'm just I'm not sold on Wisconsin being the sixth best team. I mean, I get that they deserve to be their one loss uh, on a neutral site to Ohio State, but I, I'm I mean I, I'm pretty sure if they played Penn State at a neutral site, they'd lose to Penn State. Yeah, I mean I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. That's the thing. If the, if this did get expanded to eight, uh, I wonder this year. Obviously, Ohio State Wisconsin get in. They put Auburn at seven. Who did they? Did you see who they put at eight? Or they haven't announced that yet. No, they they announced that at um, two Eastern time, I think. Okay. So we're not there yet. But um, I would assume it's USC. Yeah, me also. And then you end up with Penn State not in it, which I think, you know, Penn yeah. You put if you're putting three SEC teams in, that's that that'd be especially a team that has three losses. That'd be tough. But we're not there yet. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think Penn State would deserve to play. I also saw some people talking uh, about undefeated UCF, possibly if it was a system of eight, letting them get in just because, uh, you know, they're they're undefeated. I don't know. They're obviously not one of the best eight teams in the country, at least to me it's obvious. Uh, they, they're they going to get blown out in their uh, 
what is it? The New York, or, New, Year's uh, New Year's Six Bowl, whatever yeah. it's called. They're going to get blown out. They gave up 48 points in regulation to Memphis yesterday. Imagine if they play Ohio State in a bowl game. Well, that's the thing that was was so uh, interesting by people talking about this because here they are in their conference championship game. They're undefeated coming into it, and then they play like that. I mean, you can't give up that many points to Memphis in your conference championship game and expect to have any kind of legitimate argument to even be in anywhere near the top eight. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, they're going to get totally... Uh, totally smashed in their bowl game. Um, it's a shame for, for them, um, but, I mean, it's just... I, I guess they get a New York Six Bowl out of it. <laughs> so there's... The New York Six... Uh, New Year... I keep saying New York. New Year Six counts as um, the, the two semifinals, right? So there's four other games? I think that's right, yeah. So if Penn State gets in, that means they're going to have three big 10 teams in those four games. Yeah, and I seems, think... I seems think, like a lot of Big Ten teams. I mean, the thing is that... Like, I, I was texting with my dad right after the, the rankings came out, and he said they put two SEC teams in. And I, it just, okay, but you know what? You, you got to, you gotta, like you said, that who deserves, who should be there, and two SEC teams this year should be there. And if three Big Ten teams are good enough to play in the New York Six, then New York... <laughs> now I'm saying it. The, yeah. the New Year's Six... Then, then let it be. I don't. I to me, the whole conference. How many teams from a conference get in? I don't care about that stuff. I want to see the best teams play against each other. Uh, you know, the that, the rest of it, I don't really care about. This isn't unprecedented. I mean, the BCS put two SEC teams in the national championship game mm-hmm. when LSU played Alabama. So I mean, this this isn't like anything new that we've seen. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's too out of the top four. I mean, neither of these teams would have played in the national championship if that was the old system. So I'm fine with three SEC teams uh, and three big... I guess you're going to have three SEC teams and possibly three big big 10 teams in the New Year's Six, but I'm fine with that. Those were, were to me, clearly... Now, I know the SEC was weaker underneath, um, but at the top of the SEC, and those teams played each other uh, a couple of times, with the exception of Alabama, but Auburn and Georgia played a couple of times, and Alabama got a chance to play Auburn. And then the Big Ten was pretty solid, especially at the top also. And, I mean, even when you go top to bottom, I mean, were they still the best two conferences in college this year? Uh, they have to be, yeah. I mean, the ACC, I mean, Florida State really fell off. Miami, we don't really know how good they are, right? Yeah, I would say so. Their, be- their best win was against Notre Dame, and they blew them out, obviously. But Yeah, and they, they had, I want to say it's five other wins where they barely won against not so great teams, and that's why I was saying they they were very overrated. I mean, I get it. They, uh, you know, they they housed Notre Dame. I think they were undefeated uh, before. Yeah, they were undefeated before they fell apart last week uh, against Pitt. But I mean, yeah, outside of Clemson, because Florida State lost uh, Francois, uh, that that they were really the only solid team in that conference. Good team in that conference. Yeah, Virginia Tech looked good in the beginning of the year. It kind of fell off at the end um yeah i mean the pack 12 i mean it's just sc out there i mean stanford was all right uh they beat notre dame at the end of the year too but i i, st- I still don't know how good notre dame was i mean they lost a, by one point to georgia but then had a lot of a lot of bad games at the end of the year yeah and i think some of the reason i think that the later like I was complaining about earlier, the later losses end up with more weight, other than just it's happening right now. 
Uh, there's also the element of, I think it says something more about your team uh, when you lose later in the season than when you do how you play earlier in the season. Because in college, I mean, even the pros, but in college, I mean, you end up with a lot of new players. Obviously, there's that there's a maximum of four years, and a lot of guys, if they're really good, leave before that. So, you know, there's a lot of changing pieces, and I think it takes teams a couple games to really get going sometimes. And, I mean, it's very possible that Notre Dame was always not so great, and Georgia in the beginning of the year was just figuring stuff out. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but um, it's it's definitely possible. The, the amazing thing to me is Auburn played 13 games this year, and four of them were against – uh, the top four teams, or the teams that made the playoff. Yeah, and, you know, I get, I don't know, they end up with three losses, that's the thing. I mean, they, they played, I guess they must have played the toughest schedule in the country, right? They had to, yeah. I mean, playing those, playing those teams, playing at Clemson, and, well, they had home games against Alabama and Georgia, and then the neutral side against Georgia, and then they lost to LSU. I mean, that, that yeah, they had to have the toughest schedule. Yeah, I think that was at LSU, and LSU is um, not great, but they're they're a decent team. I think they're ranked num- they were ranked number seventeen in the last poll, so they're uh, they're not a bad team either. So I mean, even if they played nobody for the rest of the year, I think it 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 sets them apart. Um, yeah, it's it's just I mean we got, we got to see the SEC play the Big Ten this year. Sadly, it was Florida versus Michigan at the beginning of the year. Uh, Maybe next year. I'm not sure what the schedules are looking like, but uh, hopefully we can get a better matchup between those two conferences to, uh, or Auburn play one of the Big Ten teams, which is, I guess, most likely since there's going to be three of them in those uh, New Year's game. Yeah, I hope I hope uh, that happens. Like you said, if they do get the the three Big Ten teams in, uh, it's, like you said, it's pretty likely that that one of them would play Auburn. I think that would be awesome just to see. Um, those two conferences play each other, like you said. It's a shame we didn't get to see it in the playoff, but uh, those bowl games are a big deal, and and th- those teams come ready to play in those two, and especially if it's going to be for conference pride as well. So that would be a, a good idea by by the committee. So, so what are we looking at for those uh, those other four games? We have got the three Big Ten teams: Auburn, UCF, and who's that? Who's that sixteen that gets in there? I guess USC, right? I didn't say USC. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you said USC. So the three Big Ten teams: Auburn, USC, and UCF. I, I said UCF, not USC. Yeah, uh, that seems right, and uh, I'm okay with that. Even though, like we said, UCF is probably going to get smashed by somebody. Uh, they are undefeated, I, I guess. They won their their conference. Um, I don't know who else, you know, would be more interesting to put in there. Maybe. Uh, the other teams, if UCF, let's say UCF lost, the other teams in consideration probably end up being Miami, Washington, TCU. Uh, Miami probably would get in, which which would be bad. I think the best team out of those three would be TCU. Well, and, and a non-Power 5 team has to get in. So if oh, UCF lost, that. it would have been Memphis. forgot about that. Like, I, I, think one, I think one of those teams has to get in. Or Notre Dame, I guess, right? They're not a Power 5. Uh yeah, could have it probably would have ended up being them if if uh, UCF yeah. lost then. Well, I don't know because if Memphis wins, uh, they could that would be very interesting actually. That would be a conversation that that, that would be a, a debate. I mean, even though we just talked some smack on Notre Dame, I, I think we're both comfortable saying they're probably better than Memphis, right? <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, I guess we'll we'll see in a half hour what what those games are. I think that's when they come out with them, or maybe that's yeah something like that. Um, well, one last, hopefully we get some good games. Yeah, one last point before we move on to the NBA. I just remember you texted me about the possibility of a Penn State South Carolina game. I guess I'm kind of glad. I mean, it's one of those weird things because if we beat Clemson, I think I would have been happier. Even though if we played Penn State, boy, it would have been a a good day for you guys, but that would have been horrible for us. We were, um, we're not that good. We did end up winning eight games. I don't know how, uh, hopefully we get, uh, you know, some team, like, I don't know who we're going to end up with, but it's going to be, I'm glad it's not going to be someone like Penn state. Cause that just would have been ugly. It's is all I'm trying to say. Well, this was, I was looking at predictions and this was when I saw that, uh, USC was going to play Penn state. It was before they lost to Clemson. So, uh, that won't happen now, but and then I saw maybe a rematch between Michigan and South Carolina, which uh, we all remember the last time Clowney played Michigan. <laughs> yeah, I, everyone uh, remembers that one. Uh, it just the hit, I think they they called it, um, just a totally amazing play, and people really just, just began to understand. I mean, I don't know how many people knew about him before that before that hit. I'm sure a lot of the people did because he was pretty high on draft boards. Uh, he ended up. I think going number one to Houston, but um, yeah, it was an amazing play. I I I think we could play well against Michigan, but I think I'd like Michigan in that game. Well, I, I think we both agree that the committee got it right. Uh, I mean, I, I would have been very upset, not just as a Penn State fan if Ohio State got in, but just because I think Alabama had the better resume and a 31 point loss to Iowa has to matter. Every loss is not equal and a 31 point loss to a seven and five team really should hurt a team resume. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I was saying. You know, that's why I was upset that this was even a conversation. It's, it's just, it's just disrespectful, not only to Alabama, but also it's ridiculous because like you said, you can't, you can't, would they give up 55 points to Iowa? Yeah. And I think JT Barrett had like four turnovers. Listen, I would be shocked if Alabama gave up half that many points to Iowa. So, you know, I mean, I, Iowa, Iowa is arguably one of the most difficult places to play, which I mean, Penn state almost lost to them, but there's a difference between almost losing slash losing and losing by 31. Yeah. And then there's also a difference. If Alabama, listen, I'm, what I'm saying is that Alabama might give up 20. Maybe they do lose to Iowa, but my point is, like you said, they don't, they're not, not going to lose by 31 and they're not going to give up anywhere near 55 points. I, I'm with you. Those are the things that are unacceptable. And look, when you when it comes down to it, even if you're going to have this argument, I think, like I said, I think it's simple because Ohio state essentially eliminated themselves by doing that. That in my opinion, do you think if they blew out Wisconsin, um, the year they won the national championship, I think they won something like 59 nothing yeah. in the Big Ten championship game to Wisconsin. If they did that yesterday, do you think they would have gotten in? Oh, man, probably. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if they blew them out, I think the, the committee would have looked at it differently. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, it's, like I said, how you look most recently matters. And, and, you know, obviously if they did that, they would have looked like they're as good as anybody. Um and like I said, I think that they, they probably are. I, I could easily see them winning the national championship. I, they wouldn't be my first pick, but I could see it, which is, which is the sad part about it only being four teams, you know. And I, when I was watching the I, – I don't even want to get into that whole turf thing because that was the most ridiculous oh, thing I've man. ever seen in wow. the conference championship game. Um, but they said a stat yesterday that JT Barrett 
is the only quarter or he has the most touchdowns of 50 plus yards when throwing the pass behind the line of scrimmage. Like they were acting like that was impressive. I'm like, that, that doesn't say anything about your quarterback. If you're throwing it behind the line of scrimmage and they're, you're getting touchdowns. Yeah. It says uh, stuff about your wide receivers, or running backs, whoever's on the receiving end of that. And maybe if they're screen plays, it says something about your offensive line's ability to block and get downfield and block. But yeah, I agree. It, it says, I mean, honestly, it, it almost suggests that your quarterback's not that good if you're throwing, if you're creating so many plays by throwing it behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, almost anybody can do that. Yeah, I just I just thought it was funny as they they were like acting like it was impressive, right? And really, it's just you're you're throwing the ball twenty yards sideways. Yeah, that was uh that was a bizarre turf thing. I I had never seen anything like that before. I I just uh, I just couldn't believe what was happening and how long it took and. <laughs> it's just, but I, we don't need to talk about that. Let's move on to the NBA. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, the, the, we're about uh, most teams have played around twenty-ish games um, so far this year. Uh, some very interesting things have happened. Um, LeBron is playing fantastic. Giannis looks amazing. The Sixers are ahead of schedule. Um, LeBron got thrown out of his first game. I mean, where do you want to start here? <laughs> I say we start with the Sixers, of course. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, mean Ben Simmons, it looks amazing. Oh, they're just they're right now they're thirteen and nine. Um they're they're scoring a lot of points. I'm looking at it right now. I think they're scoring like the second or third most, maybe the fourth most in the Eastern Conference. Uh Ben Simmons, whew, I mean like you said, he looks phenomenal. We already knew what we had with JoJo pretty much because um, you know, he had played 30 games last year, the infamous, what was it, 31 uh, games last year. Um, But with Ben, we we had a pretty good idea, but we, you know, he never actually played a game, and man, you can't ask for anything more. I mean, it it would be greedy to ask for anything close to this out of a rookie. It's, I mean, and I know he took a year off, well, not took a year off, but because of injury, he had a year off between college and the NBA to get adjusted, but man, I've never seen a rookie this well adjusted so quickly <laughs> and and i'm counting lebron in 04 or 03 whatever yeah it was, i was i was actually comparing the two uh the other day uh lebron averaged um a little bit more in points but again he was on a way worse team and um i think he t- probably took a lot more shots than ben's taking but uh and he was the number one option ben's not even the number one option on his team right um i mean he might not even be number two right well, yeah, well, shooting the ball, definitely not. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, here's the thing. This is where I'm a little torn. I am uncomfortable calling him a rookie. Now, putting that aside, let's say this was a second-year player. These are incredible statistics that he's putting up. Almost 18 points per game. He's averaging uh, nine and a half rebounds and seven assists with two steals. It's just, that's just <laughs> absolutely incredible, uh, you know, for a guy who would be a second-year player. My question for you with, with Ben this year, I know that technically he counts as a rookie, but is that fair to do? I mean, is that fair to Lonzo and these other guys to call Ben a rookie when he had a whole year to train with NBA players in practice? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he, you still have to adjust to the game, and and he's never played an NBA game in his life. I, I think it's fair to call him a rookie. Blake Griffin did the same thing. I, no, yeah, I mean, I, I get that he hasn't played the game, and there's the adjustment, and there's the, you know the actual game. I get that. 
I just think that there's a huge competitive advantage from having that whole year of practice with NBA players. I think that there's no doubt in my mind that Lonzo Ball would be better uh, if he also was playing with NBA players in practice last year, even as bad as the Lakers were. And I just yeah. feel, feel like that gives him a little bit of a competitive edge. I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not trying to say anything about the numbers he's putting up. That's uh, literally, it's very absurd. 21 games in your career to be averaging those numbers. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But just, I just think if I was Lonzo or one of these other guys, I'd feel a little slighted. That's all. Or like it's a little unfair. I, I, yeah, I, I see your point. But I mean, if, if Ben was able to play last year, I'm sure he would. <laughs> he would have chosen to play all of last year rather than taking the year off and win rookie of the year this year. Yeah, I no, I I I know. I it's not like he chose to. I, I get that, and he shouldn't. Yeah. He shouldn't be punished for it. I, I guess, and he's not. He's not going to be. I mean, this is, this is uh, one of those years where uh, it's very clear who the rookie of the year is. But what's funny about that is there's some other ru- rookies that are actually pretty good, and they're just not even going to be in the conversation for this award at the end of the year. Donovan Mitchell scored what 40, 40 some points the other night. Yeah, right? broke a Jazz rookie record. Yeah, and. It was only, I think he's like the fifth rookie in the last 20 years or something to score 40 points with like LeBron, KD, and others. Yeah. I mean, it's a ridiculous list. And, and Lonzo's getting a lot of, lot of heat because he's in the spotlight in LA and there's just, wait, the expectations for him are ridiculous. The kid is a rookie. I think he's playing really well for a rookie. We knew he can't shoot. He still can't shoot. He's got to rebuild a shot. As soon as he learns, learns that, then, then maybe he can improve, but I mean, for right now, I mean, I think he's playing great for a rookie. Yeah, I mean, L.A. has to calm down. Uh, <laughs> they weren't expected to do anything. I, I, they they heard everybody talking before the draft, and a bunch of player or a bunch of analysts were saying that he's a once in a lifetime player and all that, and they were expecting him to be to be good right away, and that was just unreasonable. Look, he's averaging. Uh, Nine points a game. He's averaging seven rebounds. He plays point guard, and he's averaging seven assists, which is a is a really high number. I don't know where that ranks. It's probably somewhere in the top ten if he can continue that for the year. The problem is he, he's shooting twenty five percent from three, and he's shooting five a game, and he's also shooting under forty seven percent from the free throw line. Right. Again, like I said, That's- the the main issue with him and the thing that needs to be fixed is his shooting. Now that that could be a major issue, but. Remember, a lot of point guards don't have to be scorers. A big problem with what's going on in L.A. right now is he is taking too many shots. And I don't know if that's him or the coaching or what, but I agree he should be taking a lot less shots and trying to get you know, closer to the basket. Obviously, that means getting fouled and, the fr- and shooting poor at the free throw line doesn't help either. Um, so I, you know, but that's, that's really the only thing that's a major issue, and I think... With time, it'll it'll, it'll fix itself. It'll, he'll he'll work on it and he'll fix it. He's also averaging, I think, a steal and a half. So, and we were talking about um, before uh, we started the podcast how good uh, Jason Tatum is shooting, and that, I mean it's just ridiculous. Uh, everybody was considering him a mid-range shooter when he was coming out in the draft, and what do you say, forty-nine percent from three right now? Uh, yeah, I think uh, leads the uh, NBA. His shooting percentage forty nine point something, which is just ridiculous. And it's not like he's not shooting uh, a lot of them. He's taking three a game, so he's definitely putting them up. Um, and he's shooting fifty percent from the floor, also. So I mean, this guy, um, he he looks like the real deal. Yeah, and 
<laughs> we still haven't seen the number one overall, or we did see him for a little, but not really the real Markel Fultz. Um, and I mean, who knows, who knows when we'll actually get to see him. Yeah. Uh, obviously the, the shooting was an issue for him as well. Uh, a lot of Philadelphia fans, I guess what happened is not just with Philadelphia, but also nationally, like I was saying earlier with Embiid, he had what two years now. I know he wasn't practicing for much of the, the first year. I don't think. I think he practiced some uh, the second. He played half the season last year, so he had some practice coming in. Then he had half a season last year. I think the problem is that, and then what I just said with Ben Simmons, the the rookie expectations are getting out of control. And what Jason Tatum is doing, and what Lonzo Ball are doing, that's uh, that's exceeding. That's right around or exceeding expectations for the first twenty games of a career, and then. You know, Markel, he comes in, he doesn't look great, and people are saying he's a bust. The kid has played, what, five or ten games, and he can't shoot. Okay, you know, I, I just, I don't know how you can pass judgment so fast. The, the problem is that shoulder, and who knows what the problem is and how it happened. Um, they just, they need to get it figured out. And, I mean, Colangelo came in here saying that he was going to tell, he was, he was going to communicate with the fan base and, Unlike what Sam Hickey did, Sam Hickey kind of kept the fan base in the dark. Um, but, I mean, Colangelo is not doing anything. Well, I, I'd rather be kept in the dark than lied to. The only information we get from the Sixers is just not true. Um, <laughs> you know, and look, I'm not going to worry about this injury thing. We've been down this road. We had the injury thing with Embiid. I heard tons of people say, oh, he's never going to play. This was a mistake. Look what we have now. Now, I'm not trying to jinx him. Da- Dario is not coming over. He's never coming over. Right, right. Uh, I think Furkan is coming back now, right? I think he just—I just saw that earlier today. Uh, yeah, he's been playing with the 87ers. Yeah, look, it—it it, it takes time. He needs to transition. I'm—I'm not—I'm not saying he's going to be good. I'm just—don't be so quick. Ben Simmons was injured. We had to wait for him, and we can wait for Fultz. The team's 13 and nine. I, you know, it's just—I'm looking right now. He played four games. You know, so um, not saying he'll be good either. I'm just saying I really don't know because he's only played four games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean we're gonna get the number one overall pick because of the Lakers pick. So I mean we'll we'll get somebody else at that pick, uh, and then we'll get the number one pick next year because of the Kings pick. We'll be fine. The six the Sixers will be fine. I mean, and look, look looking at this roster right now. Now I don't know how much JJ Redick has left in him, but you got Embiid, Simmons, Redick, Robert Covington has proven everyone wrong. So I think out of the whole process. All the doubters of the of the process. I think Robert Covington is the biggest. You were we were right and you were wrong of that whole process. I mean, he was supposed to be hopefully a really good three and D guy, and he is just he's fantastic. Sarge looks really good, probably a, you know a bench player, but a really good six man to have. Um, hopefully, we can get rid of Bayless. T.J. McConnell is a bona fide backup NBA point guard. The guy's great. Um, so. Even with the roster, even if Fultz doesn't turn out, and like you said, we have picks coming up, I'm sure we could even attract free agents going forward. This is going to be, uh, you know, this is going to be a championship contender in a year or two. Well, yeah, I mean, you said Covington was, and I was going to mention McConnell too. I mean, McConnell was, and I mean, basically coming out of the draft, they said he's an unathletic point guard. Um, he was undrafted. And the Sixers take him, and he's—I mean, he hit some buzzer beaters last year. I mean, he's just—he's a great defender. Um, I mean, the, those two themselves are the process. Yeah, I would agree that that 
they're almost more of it than the, the, the big two because a lot of people ignored some of the smaller moves like those two um, and, you know, passed judgment too early on both of those players also. Um, I, I passed judgment on McConnell too early. I liked him from the beginning, don't get me wrong. I wanted him on the team from the beginning, from the very first time I saw him because I thought we would have a good, solid, scrappy point guard who was a Della Vadova type, and we got we got a much better player than that. I mean, he makes... I love watching him. He makes some some guys guarding him look really silly. Watching him cover James Harden was the best thing I've seen all year because they're just the complete opposite players. It's like Harden, like he, he everything just seems so easy for him. He doesn't care on defense, and that's just the complete opposite of what TJ does. And he was just bugging the hell out of James Harden on defense. Yeah, and the thing you gotta love about TJ is how tall is he? What, like six two, maybe? If that. Yeah, he's, he's listed at 6'2", but I, I kind of have my doubts about that. But anyway, he, he just looks like some guy that you would see, you know, at the YMCA when you go to play pickup. And, uh, you know, that's that's the funniest part about him. He's actually averaging five assists and three and a half rebounds, too. I mean, he's just he's great. And I'm just so happy that that he's a six here. And, and you know, if if you played him at the YMCA, he would play as hard as he does in an NBA game. <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but let's let's move on to the Celtics because I mean they won what like 15 straight games, 16 straight games after losing their first two. Uh, yeah. So, you know, this is this is typical, you know, quick reaction NBA stuff. You know, the Cavs were, you know, struggling, and oh, I don't know if they're gonna, you know, be that good again this year. And the Celtics, oh, they're, you know, they're world beaters. Maybe they can, you know, beat the Warriors and. Now everything's calmed down. The Cavs are three and a half games back. They've won 11 in a row. But what the Celtics have done has been extremely impressive, especially losing Gordon Hayward in, I think, the first quarter of the first game, right? Uh, yeah, it was like five minutes into the game. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Kyrie's brand new, and that's that's a big piece to add to a team. Um, and uh, They changed a couple other players, lost a couple other players as well. Uh, You've got to give so much credit uh, to that coach. He is Brad Stevens. He is, I think he, I'm comfortable saying he's the second best coach in the NBA right now. I can't even imagine who's the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the guy who has his team at like 15 and seven and doesn't have one of the best players in the NBA playing. Yeah. uh, That's who I was thinking of. And, And this isn't a slight to Steve Kerr, who's also a really good coach as well. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just, I mean, yeah, I mean, he has Jalen Brown playing well. As we mentioned, Tatum's playing well. Um, all those guys are just playing their roles perfectly. I, I'm not, I still don't think they can beat the Cavs in a seven-game series. But for right now, they look very good. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, I, I think it, it's looking like, I, I still like Milwaukee, but they don't look that good so far this year. So. It looks maybe like Boston will play Cleveland Eastern Conference Finals. You, it seems like you like the Cavs. How many games do you like them in? Um, I I would say six. I, I mean, I think it'll be closer than last year, um, especially if LeBron has to keep playing. I mean, he's playing fantastic right now, but if he keeps having to play this hard every single night, um, it, it worries me about his conditioning going into the offseason. Well, here's the thing. He, LeBron, he's, he knows what he's doing. And 
he's playing all these minutes right now uh, to keep them afloat. And I think when Isaiah comes back, and he, he may come back very soon, I think LeBron's going to start playing a lot less minutes and a lot less hard, and he's going to let Isaiah take over a, a lot of nights. Um, but just... When, is, when does he come back? He was projected to come back in January. I haven't been kept keeping up too close with it, but I keep hearing rumors like on Twitter or whatever that he may come back a little bit sooner than that. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure if he, he will or not. Now, if the, if the Cavs and Celtics played right now, I think the Celtics win one or two games. I think when Isaiah comes back, if he's the same player he was in Boston and he's healthy and they can figure out, which I think they will because LeBron always does, how to make all of that work, I don't know if the Celtics can win a game against them at the end of the year. I really... Yeah, I mean, they, they won one last year, but it, they were down 3-0 when they finally won game four, I think, right? Yeah, and the other thing that you can't forget about, and this is why I say this. Now, if this wasn't an extra factor, I think they could win a game. But LeBron going against Kyrie, who just left him, I think he's going to look at his teammates and say, I'm not, we're not accepting a single loss to this team. You know what I mean? I think they're going to come out all four of those games like it's, the, it's, the, it's game seven of the finals. Yeah, uh, I could see that. And, I mean, Boston just right now, they, especially without Hayward, they seem like a regular season team. Yeah, I mean, look what the remember what the Hawks did. Now I'm not comparing that. To the, I think the Celtics are better than the Hawks were, uh, but I am yeah. pro, I am projecting the same result. Um, maybe with Hayward, you know, they're a little bit better. But I, let's just I, I got to talk about LeBron. I'm sorry. I, I, I do you I, like him? Uh, <laughs> listen, I don't know what word you use to describe what he is doing. It is it's being talked about a lot, but it is being it's not being talked about enough. He's averaging a career high in points per game assists per game, and rebounds per game. He's at, his PER is 31.3. Um, I need to look this up. I believe that's close to the all-time NBA record. Um, yeah, Jordan, Jordan's right around 31, I think. Yeah. He's, he's averaging a career high in... Uh, I, he's over his career average in minutes per game. He's shooting 58.4% from the field. 58.4. That, that's he's, decent. He's shooting 41% from three on 4.73s per game. I mean, I just it's just unbelievable what he's doing. I, 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 there's no words for it. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good at that basketball thing. Um, and I, and I, I forgot I, to mention, this is his 15th year in the, in the league. He's 32 years old. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's good. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing what he's doing. And like I said, I, I don't think he should have to do this the whole year. And we've talked about this before. They, they don't care about, uh, home field of, or home court advantage. But listen, when the Cavs get to the playoffs, the first four games are home and away split. They, they don't care. They're right. going to sweep each team. It doesn't matter. Right. So the home court doesn't mean anything to them. I, yeah. I mean, they, they proved that last year. Um, I, I agree. I think they'll prove it again this year. I, I see them probably, uh, like I said, hopefully LeBron takes a backseat when Isaiah gets there. They're probably going to hiccup for a little bit there, and I'm sure everyone, there'll be plenty of speculation about, oh, maybe it won't work. But then, you know, they'll, like I said, they'll they'll figure it out, and and yeah, they'll they'll run right through the through the playoffs. But the thing is, it's a shame because the way we're talking about this, but the East really is better. I mean, Toronto still looks good. Um, we're, we should talk about Detroit, Milwaukee's teetering the Sixers look good also I mean you know the, the, there's no doubt that that the East is better this year than it was last year 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, and like you said, we haven't seen the best of Milwaukee yet. Uh, we were both pretty high on them to begin the year. Um, and Antetokounmpo is getting in fights with one of their assistant coaches. <laughs> I saw that on the bench. Um, but yeah, they'll be better, and, and the, the East is definitely better than it was last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. The Knicks even look like they're decent. I'm the top eight teams right now: Celtics, Cavs, Raptors, Pistons, Sixers, Bucks, Wizards, Knicks. All those teams, to me, those are all pretty good teams. I mean, the Cavs are by themselves, but after that, those are all pretty good teams. I mean, there's not one of those teams I say that team's really they're not good. I, I could see if you take the Celtics and Cavs out of this, and you, you just have the three through eight, and they played each other. I'm not sure who wins that. The Sixers do. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> of course, the Sixers do. Uh, to the, the, go ahead. The, the Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond feud is pretty funny. Did you get to read those before? I think they were both like interview quotes uh, before last night's game. Yeah, uh, Embiid said uh, he can't shoot, and then uh, Drummond said, uh, "This is coming from a guy who can't play back to backs uh, when he plays a full season without resting." Uh, you know, let me know. And he he actually missed and an, he has missed an impressive little number of games, right? Didn't he say he only missed like three games or something ever? Yeah, he said he's missed like four or five games since he was drafted. That's which amazing. Is really impressive. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and he's he's improving his free throws. So I mean, at least he's working on his game. Um, but I mean, the way he, Andre Drummond's been one of the big surprises this year. The way he's played uh, the first quarter of the season been really impressive, and that's why the Pistons are are doing so well for sure i think they're for real um uh, drummond's averaging 15 rebounds per game so i guess that's a decent number uh it's a good amount yeah um but yeah the sixers got that that win uh what was do, do you have the over-unders in front of you i'm wondering the pistons had a high over-under didn't they pistons were at 38 and a half oh wow what did we say you went over i went under oh <laughs> uh, all right so i guess i was a little right i didn't see this happening um, you had them. You had them at the eight seed. I had them missing the playoffs at nine. So, okay, so they might be a little higher than both of us predicted. Yeah, they are right now. We'll we'll, we'll see. I I don't think they're better than the Sixers or the Bucks or the Wizards. Maybe they're better than the Knicks. Yeah, well, the Wizards are missing uh, Wall for a little. When when is he coming back? Do you know? I think it was only a couple weeks. Maybe it, it, it's probably a week or two now that he comes back. Uh, that other team I mentioned, the Knicks, uh, what was their over-under? The Knicks, oh, we were definitely wrong about this one, probably. Yeah, uh, 30 and a half, and we both went under. Yeah, they're, they're playing really well, and I'm, I'm buying into it. Kristaps is just such a beast, averaging 25 points per game. Uh, his PER is 24.6. Enos Cantor is really the story here. He's, his PER is 25.4. He's averaging a double-double, um, He's talking trash on LeBron, which is just <laughs> ridiculous. But he he also called out the president but of Turkey, so he's he's afraid of nobody. It was fair. I mean, he he basically said LeBron isn't the king of New York, which was a fair assessment. Well, yeah, but then after LeBron got thrown out by that ref, he he Instagrammed a picture of the ref throwing him out and said "king of Cleveland." Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. It is. It is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, Tim Hardaway's playing pretty good for them. Uh, Courtney Lee's always been solid. So um, obviously, there's a lot of uh, a lot of talk about them not getting uh, Dennis Smith. I know LeBron said something about that. Um, <laughs> he was trying to take a shot at 
what's it, Phil Jackson, but then it, it kind of came out like he was taking a shot at Frank, whatever his last name is. Milikina. Okay. Well, I mean, the, the Knicks are awful. I mean, basically, the as soon as they fired uh, Jackson, they, they said we would have drafted Dennis Smith if Phil Jackson wasn't like in charge of it. Like, you, you don't do that, like, a week after you do the draft. Yeah, I mean, what does that say to him? Uh, I, I really feel bad for this for this kid, um, and, and he's uh, he, he let's see he's playing 19 minutes a game. He's only averaging 4.7 points, uh, so I guess it's it's not hasn't been a good start. But again, with the rookie thing, he's just a rookie. It might take him some time to adjust. Um, he's pretty young too, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's only 19. Uh, yeah, he's he's 19. He turned 19. In July, so yeah, he he's still pretty young. He was the eighth pick, um, so it remains to be seen. Um, but just to let you know, you you feel bad for a nineteen year old that's making three and a half million dollars. So. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't yeah, it, it doesn't change. You know his you know three million dollars doesn't change. You know that, that the organization said they weren't going to draft you, and LeBron's coming out saying they shouldn't have drafted you, and you know that stuff that stuff hurts, but. The thing that I mentioned right before the podcast, uh, just staying with the Knicks here, Kristaps has been a beast, but for someone who's seven foot three, six point eight rebounds per game doesn't seem sufficient, right? Nah, yeah, he, sh- he should be getting more. Yeah, I know he plays a lot away from the basket. I get that, but um, this guy's how many, re- how many blocks? Two point one, which is nice. Two point one. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, that's decent. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not trying to say you know take anything away from him or anything like that. I mean the guy is he's a freak. He's one of the best players in the NBA. Are you buying this Knicks thing? Are they a playoff team? No, I'm not buying it. So who gets in? They'll go. They'll go over the thirty and a half that we both went under, but uh-huh. I don't think they get in. So who gets in? The Pacers, the Heat, the Heat, yeah, the Heat, yeah. They're uh they're five hundred. Uh, the Knicks, Pacers, Heat, Wizards, all right there around five hundred. Obviously, the Wizards, you mentioned without Wall, and they're, they're the best of those four teams I just mentioned. So I think it'll be a, a three-team a three team race between those three probably at the end of the season to get in. Um, and we were right about the crappy Hawks and Bulls. Yeah, what, what is the Bulls' record right now? Looks Bad. Like 3-18, yikes. I'm surprised they have three wins. I mean... Well, what we, have, we haven't talked about the West yet. I mean... The, the main team I would I would want to talk about is the Thunder, obviously. Uh, what are your thoughts so far with them? Lots of problems. And Melo basically said they were going to come in and just play off of Westbrook, and that's not, that's not working at all. Yeah, I mean, the thing is you added, obviously added two really good players uh, to this roster, um, and it's going to take them a while to figure it out. I really... I think they will figure it out. Um, yeah, it doesn't look good right now, obviously, but it's hard to figure these things out. I mean, they're all averaging around 20 points per game. Uh, it's just one you of those... You them making the conference finals, right? Yeah. Um, I guess I don't obviously don't feel as good about that right now, um, but I'm confident that they'll be right there. Uh, the Rockets look better than I thought they were. That's the team that's making me a little nervous, but I think between it'll be between the Rockets and the Thunder to, to play against the Warriors. I think those are the next best two teams in the West. I, I think the Thunder will figure it out, and they'll be there is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I, I don't agree that they'll make the conference finals, but um, I, th- I think they're going to figure it out. It, like we've seen with all these teams that actually besides the, the Celtics, I think they won the first year they, they had their big three, but it, it takes time with all these guys playing together. Yeah, and who did the Celtics play? Didn't they play Miami? No, they would have beat Miami, so who did they end up playing? I don't remember. What, in the conference Fine. finals? No, in the, in the actual finals. Uh, they played the. Did they not play the Lakers? I think no, you're they right. lost to the Lakers. I think they played them back to back years. No, no. Well, they lost. There was that year in between where Dwight's Magic made the Lakers beat the Magic. I'll look it up right now. Um. So they so the Celtics did win their first year together. Is that what we're saying? I'm pretty sure it was their first year. They yeah. Um. Let me see. Yeah, they beat the Lakers. They beat them in six. So the Lakers made three straight finals. I didn't. I didn't realize that. I don't think I did either. Wow. Because okay. they they lost to the Celtics, then beat the beat the Magic, then beat the Celtics. Yeah, and that last. And I remember you. Yeah, you just you just stood there for like five minutes with your hands up when they beat the Celtics. That was a that was a good one. Uh, that was a, <laughs> that was a great series. Actually, though, both those Lakers Celtics finals were great series, even though the. First one only went to six. They, those were fantastic finals. Kobe Kobe played awful in that game, or he couldn't shoot in that game seven. If you remember, he yeah he had like fifteen assists or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just as we're saying, like th- these big threes take time. Um, I think you mentioned the Heat. Uh, there's exceptions, like you said, with the Celtics, but uh, they they seem to have a formula. And the thing was that their ball handler Rondo wasn't a scoring ball handler. Um, the Heat actually had that situation as well, um, but Chalmers. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I guess who do you who do you have in the conference finals? Then the Rockets. Uh, the conference finals. I think I had the Spurs. Are you are you that's are you saying that now or is that what you're saying you had before? I d- I didn't write it down, but I have the Spurs as the two seed, and I think I had them winning. Yeah, because I had the T Wolves beating the Thunder in the first round, and then the Spurs beating the T Wolves. So you do you uh, you still like that? Uh, yeah, I like that. Spurs are good, man. They, they haven't even had Kawhi yet, and yeah. they have the greatest coach coach on earth. All all true. I just the Rockets are just playing so well right now. I I really didn't expect this. Um, I mean, they're seventeen and four. I expected them to be pretty good, but um, this is crazy. And and Harden is just. He's he's just incredible, man. He's thirty-one and a half points, nine point eight assists. I mean, just fantastic. And and Paul's averaging ten did, assists as well. So, did you see Joel called himself the James Harden of the bigs because he can get fouls whenever he wants? I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chris Paul and Harden have have worked out pretty well for them so far. And what are they like, seventeen and four? Seventeen and four. Yeah, that's the highest winning, second highest winning percentage in the NBA. They're averaging 100, almost 114 points per game, which is second highest to Golden State. And they actually have the highest point differential, 10.8. So, I, know, didn't, I didn't realize Golden State's lost six times. Yeah, they, they had some struggles, I think, earlier in the year, I want to say. Well, they're 7-3 in the last 10. Um, I, I think the Warriors are just lazy. Like When I've watched them, they just kind of like meander around for the first and second quarter. And then the third quarter, they just just... I mean, obliterate teams most of the time. 
and then they, they're usually up a lot in the fourth, or sometimes I guess that doesn't happen. But um, in the wins I've seen, that, that's really the formula they've had. I just, th- I just don't think they care. And th- they go into every game, I think, feeling like they're just going to win. So they just, outside of probably like the Thunder game. So, so our prediction is for the Rockets. Uh, you said they would lead the league in scoring, which you said they're behind uh, Golden State right now. Mm-hmm. And mine was that they would have two players average nine assists. And Chris Paul, he's only played seven games, but he's at 10.3, and James Harden's at 9.8. That's looking pretty good. Yeah, we'd have to see more of a sample size. Like you said, Paul's only played seven games. Um, but this team moves the ball around uh, a lot. So I-, I could see it happening for sure. Um yeah, I, the, the Spurs are another team to talk about. I guess what it's going to come down to is those three teams and the Thunder can get it together. That, that'll be the four big ones uh, kind of by themselves in the West. The, when the Spurs get Kawhi back, I mean, they look so good right now. I mean, do you think it's possible they could end up beating Golden State? No. Yeah. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Go, like you said, Golden State, just, it just seems boring to them right now. And... I don't like it, but I think they're just going to blow everybody out in the playoffs. Yeah, the Spurs are just, they're so balanced. They just, they're just so well coached. I mean, like we said, Popovich is the best right now. I think he's, I think, I personally think he's the best to ever do it. Um, yeah, I, I could see them getting to the conference finals. I, I, I like the Rockets and Thunder more. I think both the Rockets and the Thunder have a better chance. I think I said the Thunder could take the Warriors to seven. Um, they got a long way to go for me to feel good about that again. But, yeah, I, I don't see anyone beating the Warriors, even the Cavs in the finals. I, I mean, if Isaiah and, and LeBron click, maybe they could get a game or two. But it, it, this is the part of the NBA that's just not fun. You know, it, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> it's a drag. It's frustrating. Um I mean, it's it's fun to watch good basketball when when the Warriors are clicking, but it's frustrating knowing the outcome basically before the season even starts. Right. I mean, barring catastrophic injury situation, you know, and, and look, that could happen because if the Warriors lose Steph or KD, uh, they could definitely get tipped both both in the Western Conference and in the finals. Um, What's crazy is if they lose one of their two best players, they still are arguably right there as the best team in the league, and that's 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 the whole thing. That tells you everything you need to know about them. Whereas any other team that happens to, and they're they're going to be toast. Um, yeah, I mean, KD's KD's the top three player in the league, and if they lose him, they're still the favorites. You still think KD's top three, huh? Yeah, he is. It's him, Kawhi, and LeBron. Wow, no Giannis, huh? Not yet. He's putting up great numbers right now. Yeah, but I'd still take KD over him in a seven-game series. Well, yeah, I mean, Giannis doesn't have the playoff experience. I'm looking at the numbers now. Giannis is averaging uh, 29.4 points per game, 10.3 rebounds, 4.5 assists. He's shooting 54% from the floor. His three-pointer is still not good, but... Uh, who cares, I guess. I mean, he's very good. I mean, just because I don't put him in the top three of the league, <laughs> I mean, it's just limiting him to three, But because I think he's still very, very good. All right. <laughs> uh, looks, um, looks like the Timberwolves have figured it out. I mean, they're not 
world beaters, but they're 13 and 10. They look pretty solid so far. They play zero defense. I, I saw a stat that like Towns and Wiggins are in the bottom five of like defensive efficiency. Yeah, they're giving up 107 per game, which is looks like about the middle of the pack. Uh, just a quick aside, we'll get back to the Timberwolves. I just saw something extremely alarming. The Suns give up 115 points per game. <laughs> that's got to be close to like some kind of record. 115, you said? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Anyway, so the, <laughs> the Timberwolves, uh, it looks like have figured this out. Um, you, I, I know you mentioned just now in your playoff thing. Did you have them going anywhere? Did you have them winning a, a series or no? I had them as a six seed and beating the Thunder in the first round. Yeah, right now they have they're in the five, um, but this is obviously going to get jumbled up because the Thunder are going to end up climbing this thing at some point. But they're matched up against yeah. the Nuggets, who I think they're definitely better than. The Nuggets are at four. The Nuggets are at four. Wow, that's, that's a surprise. That's your squad. Well, they're the Jokic is out for a little now too. So I, I, I did see that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how well they can hold on. They beat the Lakers last night, but I mean everybody beats the Lakers. And I, I really like the Timberwolves roster. Uh, Townsend Wiggins, I know you said something about their defense. They added Jimmy Butler, we all know that. And then Teague and Taj Gibson, Jamal Crawford's playing some minutes for them as well. I mean, they, they're uh, they're really solid. Yeah, I, I mean, they definitely have the talent. And uh, they just, I mean, with uh, Tibbs as the coach, you, you would imagine he can get them together, at least for the regular season. Hopefully he doesn't wear them all out. Because I remember we looked at it last year, and the top two in minutes uh, for the season were, was Wiggins and Towns. So, I mean, with Tibbs joining the team, they're just going to put more of those. Wait, is it, this is Tibbs' first year, right? Oh, uh, I don't, I don't know. I want to say it's his second year. Yeah, maybe it's his second year. Yeah, because nobody got fired last year, so it has to, he has to be. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I can't believe that no NBA coaches got fired last year. We already have a couple this year. Fizdale's gone, Watson's gone. Um, yeah, last year they won a full, full eighty-two games with no, no head coach firings. Um, yeah, which is crazy. I want to get to the coach firings in a second. I just want to get this step. Wiggins fourth in minutes. Jimmy Butler tied for seventh in minutes. Carl Anthony Towns currently tied for twenty-second in minutes. So all three of those players are in the top twenty-two in minutes. Um, so your, your those point, are total minutes, not minutes per game. Minutes per game, sorry. Oh, it's minutes per game. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because the obviously the games played totals not the same, so I didn't want to do it like that. And actually, yeah. I thought LeBron was leading the league in minutes, but apparently Paul George was leading the league in minutes per game. Which, Paul George, which is shocking. I wouldn't have expected that. But these coach firings. Let's get back to that real quick. Watson got fired what after three games? Yeah, three games. <laughs> he was the Suns and coach, that- right? Yeah, and that's when Bledsoe tweeted, I, I don't want to be here. This, this, and he claimed, he claimed he was at like a hair salon with his girlfriend or wife. <laughs> they haven't traded him yet, right? Yeah, he's in Milwaukee. Oh, okay. I, miss, I missed that. Uh, yeah, Greg, he got traded for Greg Monroe. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so the, the Suns, go, they go the offseason. They know they're really, really, really bad. Or apparently maybe they, they weren't aware of that. They go three games into the season, they fire their coach. I, I just, that is just not justifiable in any way to me. Well, don't, the Rockets did it to Kevin McHale after like nine games a couple years ago. Yeah, also not, nine games a little bit more, but it, that's still not really fair. Um, 
but they're terrible, so I guess it doesn't really matter. The one to me that was fascinating is Memphis. You guys have a crappy roster. Mike Conley's hurt, and you're going to fire Fisdale. What do you think that's going to accomplish? Yeah, yeah, I didn't get that one. They're seven to fifteen right now and really reeling. Eleven straight losses. They're just not. They have a bad roster. Like I don't know what else to say here. And Conley's not playing. You know, you're five billion dollar player. So I mean. You know, they have they have two good players and then bench players. And they're paying Chandler Parsons millions of dollars yeah. to have hurt knees. Parsons has started five games. He's 20 minutes. He's averaging eight points per game. OK, their second best player. So Conley's only played 12, 12 out of their 22 games. So that's 10 games. They haven't had Conley. You might as well chalk all those up as automatic losses, which I think is pretty much what's happening. Evans is their yeah. Tyreek Evans is their second leading scorer. Then the other players who play: Jamichael Green, Dylan Brooks, Chalmers, Ben McLemore. I mean, this is this is just it's just not right to fire Fizda. He's the last reason that this team is bad. Yeah, it's and Jamichael Green, one of their better players, has only played ten games. Yep, yep. I think they need to do the right thing by Marcus and move him. This is not this is not this is not right. He's given you a lot of good Maybe. years, and you never you never put a good enough team around him. Yeah, I mean, but who who wants Marcus All right now, and what can they get for him? Uh, you know, I saw somebody saying something about Cleveland. I don't know if that would make sense, but maybe they should trade him to New Orleans, and New Orleans can just have three big guys and see how that works. <laughs> put put Boogie, AD, and Marcus All on the on the court at the same time. Uh, I mean. I th- I think it could work. <laughs> take take that team up against uh, Golden State. It's your best chance. I mean, it's the complete opposite of what Golden State does. I mean, it's a mis- <laughs> mismatch nightmare, I guess. Uh, speaking of the Pelicans, it looks like they sort of figured it out a little bit. They're around 500. Um, Davis is hurt now, though, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he's out for a little. Um, but, yeah... It's good that they're good um, because at least some teams are doing the opposite of what um, Golden State is doing. As Sam Hinkie put it, you got to zig while all the other teams zag. Yeah. I mean, you mean in terms of matching up with them? Well, just, I mean, you can't build your roster based off what Golden State's doing because you're not going to build as good of a team at Golden State as. I mean, that that's the, the best they could do is Golden State, and you're not going to be able to build a team like that. I, I agree. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, and so I, I, so I th- you, have, you have to figure out a way to beat them at not playing their game. Right. I think that's that's right, and I think a lot of people you know, don't don't see that. I think a lot of people... Because everyone, when teams make moves, especially when they put these two big guys together, everyone's looking like the league's going the other way. You know, this is what Golden State's doing. I don't. Maybe it stays like that forever. But like you said, it you're not going to play with them like that. So you got to counter um, what they're doing. I agree. I mean, that's not going to work. Um, but that's why I thought, you know, when Mozgov was before he was a garbage can, you know, that was that was when he played well. It was good because it kind of countered a little bit what Golden State was doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just no way to, to, to beat them, honestly. So I guess it doesn't really matter. It's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. 
But that's the NBA today. <laughs> I just got depressing with this all this Golden State talk. Yeah. We should next podcast we should just ignore that Golden State exists and like imagine a finals without them. I like that. <laughs> that would be interesting. An NBA NBA without Golden State. Um everybody's dream. Yeah. By the way, Alex Smith has one rush for 70 yards. I just saw that. How is that even possible? I don't even know. He's not that fast. I mean, he's fast, but he's not 70 yards down the field fast. <laughs> did, did you see the clip of uh, a couple of weeks ago, Jay Ajayi had a long run. He got caught from behind, and there's a clip of Kenyon Barner calling him slow on the, on the sideline. He's basically just roasted him. Yeah, I, when Ajayi got to the sideline. I did see that, and then I think Ajayi said something about them lowering his Madden speed rating, <laughs> which I hope happened. I, I couldn't believe he got caught from behind, but... Yeah, well, the Eagles are fun to watch right now. The Sixers are fun to watch right now. It, it took a while. It took a couple of years, but uh, we, we can enjoy sports in Philadelphia right now. Oh, yeah, we just pretend like the Flyers don't exist. Um, it's good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just ignoring them right now. Yeah, Six straight losses. Franchise record. It's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, they're they're worse than I thought they would be. But who cares? I mean, you know, the Eagles, like you said, and the Sixers are really good. And yeah, I mean, the, the NFL's the NFL looks really good this year. I mean, that's the fun thing about the NFL versus the NBA. It's like, you know, some teams sometimes look really good, but even the Patriots that undefeated lost because it's a one game. Like if the NBA was like a one game playoff system, we could still have really fun conversations because who knows? I mean, anybody could could beat the Warriors in one night, you know? When I when I play 2K, I like to change the uh, playoffs to the first round's one-game series, second round's a three-game series, the, the conference final's five, and then the finals is seven games. Yeah, I mean, it... it makes, it makes it so much more interesting. Yeah, I mean, you, you could have all kinds of chaos in the first round. I mean, like I said, on any given night in the NBA, or any sport, really, any team could beat any other team, you know, so... Um, do, you, do you remember why they changed the first round to seven games? Uh, was it the Baron Davis team that, that beat the Mavs? Or no? No, it was before that. It was the, the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq uh, had to go to a five-game series and like almost lost. So they're like, we can't have this. <laughs> so they changed to seven games. So Baron Davis and them won over the Mavs in a seven-game series, huh? Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, that was an eight over a one when Dirk was MVP. Yeah, it's sad to see what's happening with Dirk now. I guess he'll probably retire at the end of the year, I would think. I mean, they're six and 17. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> very, very bad. But their, uh, their owner is thinking about running for president. So we'll see that. We'll see how that works out. I, that, the, the one thing that's going to be so fascinating is the 2020 presidential election. I mean, I, I just can't wait to see the just the people that come out of the woodwork to run for this thing. It's going to be, like I said, very interesting. I mean, those those beginning debates with just all kinds of different characters is just going to be... <laughs> this podcast is getting out of hand. we got to end it. All right. Well, anyway, it's a good uh, discussion about college football. The playoffs should be, should be good, and the year six should be good, and uh, maybe we'll come back plan to come back after that uh which will be like what a weekend of january and then we could talk some more nba hopefully isaiah thomas is back by then and 
and the NFL playoffs will be around the corner. So that, that'll be a good one. Let's plan for that. Maybe, maybe do a live one. Yeah, we could do that. When we're both back east. Or, I mean, you're already back east, but... Oh, oh, yeah. You meant like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. All right, man. Well, this has been a good podcast. Uh, this is the Pick and Roll Podcast. Uh, I'm Bill Golden, uh, alongside Kevin McLernan, and thanks for listening.